0: Welcome to the fourth and final part of Alicia Edmonds' City Council Campaign 2021 Journey. I am Alicia Crank. I have to tell you, you know, after doing the first three and actually going back and listening to them, I learned some things about myself. I learned how much different of a person that I am for the better now than I was this time last year and that I think I will always be somewhat of an optimistic realist. I've definitely become a bit more deadpan over the past few months and I even see that with what's happening today and the fact that I Weigh in on a lot of things that I never usually publicly weighed in on before. That's happening in our in our town, and it comes from these experiences that happened during the course of this election. I learned that staying silent doesn't help. I learned that staying silent doesn't keep people from bothering me or coming after me or saying things that are not true. If anything, it emboldened them even more and I also learned that I can't allow people to have things held over me when I can talk about it myself and I think that has been frustrating to some of my quote-unquote haters to the point where you see all these Edmunds anonymous accounts pop up and I will admit I do know who one of them is now, haha. <laughs> but the others, I don't. But the common denominator is that usually in the first seven to 10 people who they de- decide that they're gonna follow, I'm on that list. Only for them to come and be negative and to try to discount who I am or what I say. And What's weird about that to me, and I had this conversation with one of those pseudo-anonymous people the other day, is that Some of you that are doing this are business owners, are established people in the community who I would think have more things to do with their time than to create these accounts and spend hours online just to act this way. And again, if I'm not that important, why spend all this time and energy on me? Just ignore me. But the more that they come after me, and I hate that I'm even going to say this because I don't want to necessarily tip them off, but here we go. The more they come after me, the more people come to support me. And it's been kind of a fun thing. But we're going to talk about part four. And Part four is going to be a bit of a zigzag. And depending on how long this goes, there might be a part two to this. So we'll see. But before we can talk about you know, September through December, I have to go back a little bit to the summer because there were two interactions that I had just after the primary that really set the stage for me mentally, what was going to happen and what I was going to be up against. And eventually, I said, I was going to call this part, you know, truths and consequences, what those truths were and what those consequences were going to be. And the conflict that it created for me. So right after the primary, once the numbers were, you know, verified, I eked out the edge over Christiana, and like I said, the ghost candidate still managed to get a thousand votes, which boggles my mind to this day. And sure enough, I heard from one of the candidates, not one that I was running against. I heard from uh, Will Chen and Will Chen's camp. And said that they wanted to have coffee. Now, I knew what was going to happen. I knew this was going to be an endorsement talk. And again, from day one, I said, I don't want to be endorsed by anybody running. I don't want to be endorsed by anybody currently on council. I didn't want any mayoral endorsement. I didn't want it because of the fractures and the messiness that was happening both on council and in various campaigns. I wanted nothing to do with it frankly, I didn't want to have to answer for someone else's shenanigans if and when it happened. But I wanted to have, a con- I, I entertained the conversation anyway, because I had a couple of conversations with now council member Chen a couple of times. But each time I felt like I didn't know who he was. I know what he said his campaign was about. I know what other people prominent people in the community were saying that he was about, but I still didn't know who he was. And so I was hoping that maybe finally I would kind of get this very kind of real non-political conversation. So we met up at Cafe Ladra at Five Corners. And it did not go the way that I thought it was going to go. The one thing I will say that I did and kind of sort of regret doing this now is that as we sat down and we started talking about what's going on with the campaign, I said, look, um, I'm not endorsing people. I'm not trying to. But if someone asked me privately who I might be voting for, um, for position two, I said, I'm I'm telling them I'm most likely going to be voting for you. His response to that was to say thank you. And to then tell me that Christiana's camp, camp, well, Christiana directly, I think, reached out to him and asked for his endorsement and he gave it. And of course, now I'm sitting there like, then why am I here? And he goes, but I'm willing to dual endorse. Again, I reiterated, not looking for endorsement, don't want it. And he said again, but I'm willing to do it. So now I have to wonder, one, why is he not listening to me about this? And two, what would be the purpose of a dual endorsement? Why endorse both people running for this seat? I, I really wanted to know. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, is it to get that endorsement back? So and that's the case. And you, I, I just, I needed to understand. And so I asked him, um, what led you to, you know, do the, you know, to endorse her? And he said, because he owed her. And I repeated that back. You owed her. And he said, well, you know, cause she, she endorsed my campaign first. And so I said, then why are you looking to endorse me then? And before I could let him answer, I did cut him off. I did. I admit that, but I cut him off and I said, what do you mean you owe her again? And that just took me back because I said, and I'm fairly certain I was a little rude, but I think I was just astonished that that was the answer. And I said, I can't believe you said that. And I said, what does that even mean? Is that how you're going to be on council? Are you going to vote a certain way because you feel like you owe somebody? Are you going to owe whoever supported you on your campaign with your, I, I just, it boggled my mind. And of course, it caught him a little off guard too. <laughs> and he said that maybe he used the wrong word. And I was like, no, 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 no. As a CPA, you know what owe means. So this is not a, a translation situation here. And at that point, I concluded the conversation and just said, I really wish you hadn't told me that because that did definitely color how I see what he might say or do in the future. And maybe that is one of the reasons why I do say certain things once he became on council, because I am questioning a lot of the back and forth to this day. So for those who might be asking, why am I picking on him? I'm not picking on him. I'm equal opportunity. But that interchange between us really put me in that spot to go. I am going to have to question because I still don't know who he is. The other conversation I had was with Vivian Olson. She and I have an interesting relationship at least up until recently, you know, and yet I never set out to be anyone's foe. People create me as a foe when I've done nothing to them, haven't given them the benefit of the doubt, given them my time and energy, and I've done the same thing with Miss Olson over the years, even post our campaign against each other in 2019, because we all live in the same town. We all want the same good things in theory for our city. So it doesn't make sense to create enemies and animosity in a place where we're going to see each other all the time. And over the years since then, Councilmember Olsen Olson has reached out to me on numerous occasions to get my input and thoughts on certain things happening. And she reached out to me um, after the whole 4th of July and Juneteenth um, that happened here last year. And liked the idea that I had said in one of the articles about Juneteenth. about somehow figuring out a way to merge or create a bridge between the two events. And so she reached out and said she wanted to talk about it some more. And so we got together again at Cafe Ladro and talked about it. And my goal was to not talk about campaign stuff whatsoever. I already knew who she was supporting. I just didn't want to get caught up in that minutiae at all. But it came up anyway. And she said something to me towards the end where I realized I can no longer have conversations with her or give her my time and energy. Because to have her say to me that, Alicia, you you definitely have a heart for this community. We see that. I see that. I know that you want to do good for this town. But I can't trust that you're going to flip if you get elected. And I told her, I said, what? why would you say that to me? And she says, well, look at Adrian, or look at this. I'm like, I'm not them. I'm my own person. And for her and consequently others to completely discount my track record, my works, the things that I have said to still create their own negative narrative about me. I realized that that writing was on the wall and there was nothing I could do about it. And so that's been the last conversation that we had as well. So as we move into post-primary, we're in September, things are starting to kind of ramp up again. I think we all took a little break before knowing that, you know, September, October, we're really going to have to jump in deep with this, general election campaign and get things going, the letters to the editor started to come out again. And again, it was none of these letters to the editors from people saying why they did not want to support me or that they would not be was never because I did something wrong. Or even that I did or said a particular thing that irked them. It was I was automatically just being put into the same box as other people that I had not even had any kind of conversations with over the past year, maybe two years. But that was the narrative that was created, no matter what. And I'm going to tell you, that is dehumanizing to really discount what someone has done and contributed and just automatically put them in with other people because that's the way you feel like you have to do it. And that's still happening today. And not just with me, but with others. And I think what bothered me most about all this is that some of the people that were doing this are some of the same people that sit on boards and commissions geared around diversity, equity, and inclusion, but was yet treating me in a way that would go against what those beliefs are. I'm still reconciling that. And though some of them kind of moved in silence and in secret, when that letter came out and I think most of you might know the letter I'm talking about. I have to tell you, that letter initially scared the crap out of me, and I'll tell you why. I had taken a quick trip up to Whistler for the weekend. I just needed to get away for a little bit, clear my mind, and come back ready to, you know, dive back into this campaign. And My goal was to just unplug for two days. Couldn't do that because my phone just kept blowing up with text messages from people saying, call me, call me. Did you see it? Did you see it? And I'm like, what? And they're like, there's this letter that was mailed by, you know, these good governance people, Edmonds, concerned citizens. And, of course, at this point, my first thought in my mind was like, holy shit, is it about me? But it was not. Um. But the tenor of the letter is what ended up giving me great pause and making me make a huge step back in examining relationships and what was happening in this campaign. Because even though it wasn't about me, the basis of the letter, and it took me a couple of days to really sit down and figure out why it bothered me so much and why it eventually became a topic in the last Black and Edmonds that we did was that this letter that was listing all the reasons why um, now former council member Fraley Manila should not be reelected? Um, it was weird because I'm like, why in such a small town, why would you feel like this is the necessary thing to do? And why create a pack to raise money to spend $7,500 to mail this out to people? We had the internet by the way but maybe it's to create some kind of legitimacy and the fact that on the outside of this trifold it was you know important election election information and I'm like is it supposed to come off as some kind of official thing but you know, letters like that are steeped in history from when persons of color would move into predominantly white neighborhoods, and those concerned citizens would send a message to their neighbor saying, This person doesn't belong here. And as I processed that thought, I also saw that there were. 50-ish bold people who put their name on that letter. Now, some of those names did not surprise me based on my interactions with them earlier in the year. But when I saw two particular names, two that, again, I know work in this space or volunteer their time and energy in this space of equity, diversity, and inclusion would put their names on such a letter with that type of history and, and, and mentality... I was beside myself. And I'll tell you to this day I I tossed that letter, but I kept those names. And I keep that that list of those names next to my computer. Because now like anytime I'm about to do something in the community, anytime I'm about to volunteer my time, anytime that there's something going on, I want to see if any of those people are involved. So that I can create my own safety and distance and know what my boundaries are with these folks going forward. The last thing I want to talk about, and this one I almost want this to be its own separate part, but I'm going to squeeze it in. So the general debate. Since COVID had ramped itself up, we were not doing an in-person debate like we did with the primary. So they were pre-recorded. And so by the time that mine and Christiana's came up to be done, I was ready. Like, okay, let's do this. And when I logged into the Zoom to be able to um, do this debate, I saw that Christiana was already, so I was the last person to show up. And I'm usually the first. So I was like, okay, well, that's a change of pace. That's refreshing. Let's do this. And I saw that Christiana was not at her typical location when she would do these online Zoom things. She was at someone else's house. Cool, finally, because she would always have these connectivity issues at her house. So I'm like, I'm glad finally someone figured that out for her and that she was in a place where she can get something stable. And off to the side was this this this, this, this blonde hair. And so I'm like, okay, so someone's in the room with her. No big deal. I'm not thinking anything much about it. Maybe it's someone that's there to help her. So it's fine. And we continue on and we start the debate. And it's going well. I mean, it's sharp. Everything's fine. And then the connection drops in the middle of Christiana giving one of her answers. So we pause and we wait. And when it pops back up, I am caught by surprise because it doesn't come back up on Zoom as Christiana's Zoom account, it's Marina's. And Marina is on the board of the Edmund Civic Roundtable. And the Edmund Civic Roundtable is one of the sponsors and people who provided questions for this debate. Now I'm thinking... Isn't that a conflict of interest? And I wrestled with that for the first couple of minutes when she came back, because they're trying to, you know, get her back up, and and so I'm seeing this. So I'm like, now she's doing this from the home of a board member of one of the groups that supplied questions for this debate, and they're sitting in the room at the same time that we are giving these questions. So I'm thinking that doesn't seem quite fair. But we keep going because here's my thing. I said, if I call this to question, if I stop this debate right now, somehow this is going to be written out or put out there that I was afraid or I wasn't prepared. Um, so I kept going. And as we keep going, it's one of these, um, during one of the answers that Christiana's is giving, you, you hear this ding in the back and you can see this reflection behind her. Then I realized there's a second person in the room with her. And that person takes their phone and walks out. You can see it in the background of reflection. And so we end the debate. And during this time, the one thing I did do was that I took a couple of screenshots because, again, I'm like, if I tell people that this happened, they're not gonna believe me. They're not gonna they're gonna think I made this up. Cause there's just no way in heck that this happened. But it did. And so I told a few people about it afterwards, and they said I should talk about it, I should call it out. And I said, you know what? No, I wanna get the benefit of the doubt. I wanna wait until it's put out there. And my hope was that the editor of My Edmunds News would disclose that maybe in the write up, but I also wanted to see how the video was going to be edited. And I was very disappointed to see that one, that it was not addressed and two, that the editing had been done in such a way that on screens that you should have seen Marina's name, it was blocked out. I never tell anybody how to run their business. And, and Therese and I have had this conversation before where I have told, and I think I even told her at the primary, that, you know, I might not necessarily like some of the things that happens on your site. I'm never going to tell you how to run your business because it's your business. And I will always respect that it's your business. But that one was just too much for me. And someone did ask, who did know beforehand what happened, why it was edited in such a way. And the response started out with me. The response started out with, well, Alicia's background was too light. No. No, 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 no. So what all of these things kind of said to me in my head at this point is, There is nothing I can say and do when there are people in positions that can dictate what is thought about and what is said out in the community. And for me to always have to be on the defensive and have to prove it three times over that what I'm saying is true. I was so mentally exhausted. And I started confiding to people. I said, you know what, you guys? I'm not going to win this. And if I did, how much worse would these shenanigans go? And if you look at what's happening today right now in council, you see it's just getting worse. So there's a part of me that feels like maybe I was spared. Maybe a higher power knew that this was not how I needed to spend the next four years of my life. And... Again, there's other things about this too. You know, also seeing that there were people that were willing to lie and to cover up what was going on with people's non-attendance to things when I knew exactly where they were and why they were not showing up. And I could not be the one to say it. I could not be the one to say, I know exactly why my opponent is not around. I know exactly why there are surrogates in place. And honestly, my thought was as someone who also has her own health issues, that if you just say what it is, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But I can't disclose, at least in that moment, what was going on with somebody without myself looking like a bad person for doing it even though there are people that were supporting her that were doing the same thing to me. And, but I guess it's different if it's someone that you don't want to support versus someone that you are. So that's where we are. As much as I think about, sometimes I second guess myself and go, what would have happened if I had said something? What if it happened if I had just gone balls out and exposed that there were certain people in this community lying to the constituency, that they were lying to them, to their face. And the only thing I could think of was at some point, they are going to have to re- have to answer for themselves. Do I wish I had won? Yes. Am I glad that I lost? Yeah. And maybe glad's too strong of a word. What I will say is that I lost on my terms with my integrity. And sacrificing my integrity for a vote is not worth it. Sacrificing my integrity just to say that I won, not worth it. Because what happens now? How much do you have to keep up this back and forth and trying to make certain people happy because they supported you and so now you owe them? That's just not who I am. And that's not who anybody else should be either. But you can only speak for yourself. So that is a taste of what happened over the course of the year. And my hope is that things on council will get better. Things in the community will get better. That people will stop personally attacking that they will stop creating anonymous accounts on social media to attack. Because I don't think that's who we want to be as a community. That's not who we want to be as neighbors. So what I will say to those who continue to come after me, okay, keep coming. All I'm going to do is continue to try to do good stuff in my work. Good stuff in my community, good stuff in my volunteerism. But the only difference is that I'm going to start talking and continue talking and letting people know what's really happening. I just wanted to be left alone and run my own race and do my own thing and not bother any of you that felt the need to come after me. Leave me alone. Leave others alone. Take this energy that you have and put it to good. Serve people in our town. Go serve on a board or a commission. And whatever you do, don't hide and don't disguise what your true motives are. So with that, thanks for listening. There might be an addendum to this because there were some things I definitely wanted to talk about too, but those are the most important. And as always, people know how to reach me if they have questions. I've never hidden from one and I won't hide from them now. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to listen and hopefully learn some things. Take care.